welcome to Fiction Forward, where our fiction is intersectional, and our ideas are forward. Yeah, episode seven. Yep, nope, we're on episode <laughs> seven. So welcome back to Fiction Forward. This time we waited uh, less than a month to publish our next episode. I hope you appreciate it. Okay. Huzzah! Okay. <laughs> Congratulations to us for uh, doing the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this week uh, we actually have a special guest. Her name is Claire Kahn, and she is the author of Let's Talk About Love. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about representation in this episode with her um, and more specifically about stuff relating to let's talk about love um, because it's just the poster child for good representation, it at is. least in our opinion. Yeah, it's cool. the main character is a young black woman who's attending college in California. She works part time at a library and she's, like, really into cutesy things. Um, and, like, she loves her friends a lot and is still trying to figure out her way in the world. Um, and she's also asexual. And the secondary character, her her compliment, her romantic compliment, is uh, a Japanese-American, Takumi. Um, so anyway, he and Alice have quite quite the cute cute romance like they flirt with each other a lot but um yeah alice alice is unsure if takumi is going to accept her asexual identity because alice's last partner she did not she did not understand it and said a lot of really hurtful things to her about it so alice is like oh i don't want to get burned again let's see what happens but i just i really love the way the characters interact throughout the book um, I just, I love everything about it. <laughs> yeah, and I think the book did a really good job of, like, like, Alice is not just asexual, she's also biromantic, so she's, like, interested romantically in both men and women, even though she's, like, asexual, so she's just, like, not interested in sex, it's, like, never been a part of who she is, and, like, that's totally fine, and she doesn't have to go through the whole, like, coming out for the first time like, tortured self-experience in this book because she's actually, like, 19 and in college and she's known that she's asexual for a long time, which I also appreciated. Like, I feel like a lot of LGBT characters tend to... The books tend to center around them when they're just figuring out their identities. And it was, like, kind of refreshing to read a book about a woman who is, like, confident in her asexuality. She just has to, like, figure out how to how to get into, like, her romantic relationships and, like, make people understand. But she's, like, still confident. Like, she knows she's asexual and she is okay with it. It's more about, like, explaining it to other people who don't know yet. Yeah, and and not only is the book itself just, like, beautiful, but, like, the cover's also great, too. We'll talk about the cover a little more later, but it's, like, it's just so unique in the realm of publishing and the fact that, like, there's a dark-skinned model on the cover it seems like such a simple thing but like yeah (laughs) it's so rare and it's like such a great model too like I feel like 
most books that have POC made characters, they either avoid using models at all, they just use like scenery or like some sort of objects, illustration, yeah, Yeah, like something like that, or they like use a light skinned model, even though the like main character is not light skinned. So, like, I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, so we are going to talk more with Claire about the specifics of the book and why she wanted to write it on this episode. And for future episodes, too, we have a more specific recording schedule in place Go for at- this year. Our 2018 New Year's resolution yeah. is in motion. Um, so we'll be publishing two episodes a month now, um, but we'll only be focusing on one book for each month with some shorter episodes in between. That'll give us more time to just really dive in depth into these books that we're reading without giving you a five-hour podcast episode. Yeah, sounds awesome, right? Yep. So we'll be publishing every other Wednesday. So make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play, whichever you prefer, so you can be updated with our new episodes. Uh but for now, we'd like to welcome Claire Kahn onto our show to talk about Let's Talk About Love. Yeah, welcome Claire. Hello. Hello, Claire. Thank you for coming to talk with us on our show today. I'm very happy to be here. I love doing these kinds of things. Um, I don't know how much you know about us. Have you? How much do you know about Fiction Forward? Uh, well, when I got the email from my publicist, I immediately researched you online because oh, that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I saw how you met on Tumblr and in the whole shebang. Yeah, so that was how Fictionist started, was a Tumblr post, in case anyone listening, like, hasn't read our whole bio on the internet, but, um, but yeah, so that's how Fictionist started, which is our, like, parent publication, and then Fiction Forward is through Fictionist, and Kelly and I are actually, like, college friends, and we're both huge nerds, especially Kelly, so, (laughs) um, that is how that started. But um, yeah, Claire's here. We're gonna we're gonna explain more about her book and everything about like why she's on here and why we're really excited to talk to her. Um, but her book is called Let's Talk About Love, and that came out on January twenty third, right? Yes, it did. So Let's Talk About Love centers around Alice. She is nineteen years old, and it takes place during the summer between freshman and sophomore year of college. She's sort of fighting with her family. Uh, They want her to go to law school and she does not want to do that, but she has no idea what she'd like to replace that with. She's starting to fight with her friends. Uh, She lives with two of her two best friends who are actually getting married and their trio is becoming a duo. So she feels very pushed out. And lastly, she uh, meets this new person and she would really rather not like them, but it seems like it's kind of impossible at this point and there's some romantic feelings involved. So it's just her summer of struggle in a nice pretty package (laughs) we all have a summer of struggle i feel like every day is a struggle (laughs) uh anyway um what really drew you to to write in the ya kind of genre uh nothing in particular uh it's just when i i decided to start writing in january 2014 uh, so the first you know new year's resolution everyone has theirs january 1st i sat down decided to start writing a book and the first book i wrote the character was about 2022 20, which wasn't far off from my own age so i think it just felt kind of natural and then once i actually got a feel for uh publishing and what 
the expected age demographics were, I just naturally fell into young adult because new adult was not an option if you weren't writing uh, basically romance. Nothing against adult. I plan to try it out someday, but (laughs) young adult is where where my heart is right now. Yeah. It's interesting because when Fictionist started last year, I hadn't really heard of new adult. And I was like, oh, is this like a new thing? And then I realized that, no, it wasn't new. It just it's kind of new that it's not just for romance anymore. It's like for anything with a 20 something protagonist. Hmm. It's still it's still really slow going. It yeah. if you say new adult, it's still synonymous with romance. And typically, if you query something that's new adult with for a literary agent, um, who and you put new adult, they'll say this is not romance. You need to age it down to young adult, or you need to age it up to hmm. adult. So that middle ground still it doesn't really exist. Interesting. So. With your experience with Swoon Reads, which uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know, Swoon Reads is uh, under Macmillan Publishing, and it's sort of, I feel like Claire could explain it better than me. In my brain, it's sort of like Wattpad, but like through Macmillan. But Claire, how about you explain it a little bit? Sure. So it does have some similarities to Wattpad, whereas, you know, writers post their work online. But after that, it kind of ends. With Wattpad, it's a serial. You can do chapters um, every week or every month or however often you like to update. With Swoon Reads, your manuscript has to be complete. Um, They only accept completed young adult manuscripts that are 50,000 words and above. Um, And the process, uh, it goes in seasons. So each season lasts about three to four months where the pool of Writers who uploaded those manuscripts will then be up for selection. The reading period is consists of uh, the community as well as the writers, not just the readers, uh, going through, picking their favorites, leaving comments, giving them ratings. And then typically, you know, the ones with the most comments and the most ratings, they'll get evaluated by the editorial board and then hopefully selected for publication. But there have been instances where, you know, those diamonds in the rough have been found where they had like maybe two or three votes and then, but a bunch of comments mm-hmm. and it just caught the editor's eye and then they, they were selected as well, but it's typically the ones that are the most popular. So through Swoon Reads, do you think that there's like more opportunity for innovation in like new adult and young adult and more representation and that sort of thing? Or is it similar to the rest of the publishing world? I think if you have the comments behind you, like if there's clearly an audience for the kind of book that you've written, then it, it'll make it stand out. For example, with Let's Talk About Love, there were a lot of comments about the fact that people were happy to see that Alice was asexual. And that I think that's what tipped me over at the top was the fact that it hadn't really... I, like, I'm really hesitant to say that <laughs> there's never really been a Black asexual main character in a mainstream book, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> but just in case I'm not, <laughs> like, I don't want to say I'm, I was the first to do that, but it's, I think that was what made me stand out the most. Yeah, I mean, I like, mean, I would believe you if you told me that you were the only yeah. person who's ever done that. <laughs> yeah, are there any other examples of just asexual characters and gender that have made it into the mainstream media? Um, And if they have, like, do you think they've provided, like, accurate representations? Because I was, like, I was trying to go through and think about, like, popular TV shows today, like, popular, like, books and stuff, and 
I I couldn't think of an example. And maybe that's just me like living under a rock. But like in YA, there are positive examples. But mm-hmm. uh, for example, Tosh Hart's Tolstoy, the main character, is also um, I think she's hetero hetero romantic asexual. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure of her romantic orientation, but definitely asexual. And other than that, there's a few side characters. Uh, I, I believe there's an ace character in Daughter of the Burning City by Amanda Foody. Um, and the rest of them are just full on escaping me. Uh, but I can name a bunch of negative ones. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I definitely know those. What do people get wrong in the representation most often? I think there's a, there's a lot that can go wrong when you're when you're just not familiar with it but the thing that's most jarring to me is when I see ace people called soulless like they don't mm-hmm. have a soul because they don't experience sexual attraction that one really gets me oh like I, I I don't understand that at all yeah I am actually at a loss for words right now because I didn't even know that that was a thing that people actually thought <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was actually a book it was a very popular book that came out uh, last year I won't say which one, but it it was a rough couple of days in the in the in book Twitter. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh boy, what do you think that writers, you know, either like book writers or like like TV show, movie, just like media writers, what do you what do you think that they can do to like improve more on accurately representing asexual identities? Well, number one is definitely research. If you can't, like, honestly, if you can't find an asexual writer willing to help with the process, um, research it would be key. I think uh, all the information is there on the internet because the internet's forever. Um, Most of everything I learned came from YouTube and Tumblr. So uh, Jackie and I talk a lot about media representation on the show um, and like why we think it's important, but why do you think it's important in your opinion? My favorite answer for this is actually we live in a diverse world. Books, media, everything should reflect that. That's the end. Like, I want to see the world I live in in the media I consume. Yeah, and not any, like, warped representation or, like, people who are, like, invisible. Um, exactly. Like, I, I heard, it was this Tumblr post, actually, because, you know, Tumblr. Uh, yeah. It said something along the lines of, if aliens came to our planet, and watched American TV, they would probably have no idea that brown and black people existed. They would have no idea that Asian people existed because mm-hmm. it's just so bland. Not bland, but to explain that. <laughs> yeah, that is that's a really good way to explain it too. And especially just like I don't get how like people don't understand that like this is a stepping stone for like self-actualization for like a lot of identities you know like if you see someone else like doing something that like you can look up to and admire as like a character similar goals of your own seem more attainable like if you're a small girl growing up and you know you never see like any like women doctors on tv or you've just like never interacted with women doctors it's like oh well maybe I can't become a doctor because I've never seen that happen you know yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like media is all about making the impossible possible. Yeah. Like you don't know something's possible till you see it or until you ask. So, mm-hmm. um, so Claire, when writing, let's talk about love. Were you thinking about wanting to get like better representation for like certain identities within literature, or was it more just you had like a really really good story 
that you wanted to tell it it wasn't so much about the representation but about like the story itself it wasn't even about the story it was about alice so alice came before everything she was about 15 years old and just screaming in my head like you know write a book put me in it and i said okay fine let's do that then (laughs) um and you know as i i do character interviews and i try to figure out what they want most and the one thing 15 year old alice wanted was the same as what 19 year old alice wanted was a a fulfilling romantic relationship it was just something that was just really important to her she found out she was ace um very early on which is why it's actually not in the book is because she's already past that point she's accepted it she's happy with her label she feels very comfortable with it and then i feel the best stories must have some kind of tension so i put her on the path that was going to challenge her the most to solidify that identity to make to ensure that this is really who she says she is so. i really like the technique you mentioned of the character interviews what is what does that involve i uh, just Basically me, I usually do this when I'm alone uh, in a room with the door shut because I talk out loud. So I'll, I'll ask the question and then she'll answer in her voice, but through my mouth. And then I'll just like transcribe everything back and forth. And it, it sounds a little wonky. I can admit that. <laughs> it sounds kind of like uh, when someone is an actor and they're trying to like get in character with their script to like running lines with themselves mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a bit like that because uh, I write in third person mm-hmm. so I don't actually live in her head she lives in mine and I tell her story if that makes sense it does make so sense. I, I need I, I need to hear her in order to figure out what happened so I, I allow her to possess me this is really going wrong okay <laughs> hold on <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, if if authors didn't do that sort of thing and, like, let their characters talk through them, characterization would be awful. So, like, <laughs> I think it's great <laughs> that you do that. <laughs> because Alice is a okay. really great character, and, like, I enjoyed reading from her perspective, and I feel like it wouldn't have been as enjoyable if that kind of thing wasn't what happened. If, if, she, <laughs> if she wasn't a character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you never wrote the book, it wouldn't have been very good, so I guess... <laughs> Um, when you were writing it, or I guess, like, after writing it, like, when you were seeking to get it published, um, did you, did you face any discouragement with the subject matter? No. So it was actually, um, as soon as I finished it, I put it on Swoon Reads. I didn't even try any other avenues to get it published. So they, they, I put it up, um, I had, there was a... Cut off in January. I missed that one. So I ended up uploading in February and then getting selected in July. So it was wow. it was pretty it was pretty fast by publishing standards. So like no one else had really seen it or even got a chance to or and by no one else, I mean literary agents, they never got a chance to see it in their slush piles. It went straight through Swoon Reads. Mm-hmm. That's great that Swoon Reads was really supportive about that. Yeah, and that was the one thing that because you, you do have to go through actual edits. So, you know, you, you, you work with an editor and it takes several months to get the story where it needs to be. But that was one of the few things that we absolutely did not change at all. She was 
they sold I sold it as her being ace and it came out with her as being ace. And I, I made a pun there. It came out with her being ace. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Uh, do you think that with Swoon Reads, the fact that, like, it went to the publisher so quickly and it, like, got chosen from Swoon Reads so quickly, do you think that affected the amount of edits and, like, the content of those edits? Because I've heard a lot of people who go through the, like, quote-unquote mainstream publishing route, uh, like, the kind of edits they get can be kind of strange at times. Like, they'll tell POC authors that, like, no one will be able to connect with their main character because they're like poc or like their name is too hard to pronounce oh no that one um, yeah the worst one yeah um so like do you think that swoon reads going through swoon reads uh made your editing process a little bit easier or do you think that just mcmillan in general was kind of good with your manuscript well, I can't speak for Macmillan in general. That's a that's a huge company there. But mm-hmm. for Swoon Reads and my editor and um, the director there, they definitely never said any of that. It was always, this is your book. You do what you'd like to do, and we will support you. Um, however, <laughs> Swoon Reads is a very public process. So while the book was just up on the site, there were a lot of ace readers who I, cause I posted on Tumblr, and they came over, and they supported the book. Um, once it was selected, then those opinions sort of changed. <laughs> uh, they began to tell me like all the things that I did wrong um, or all the things that made them uncomfortable. Uh, mm. And so I had that to contend with. My editor really didn't have any, well, she did have some say in that part. Like if she had suggested something, I would be able to counter and say, no, this is why it has to be this way. But all of those edits came from ACE readers. Hmm. yeah and this is like my deep dark truth is if you go on goodreads someone actually put um their original review for the original book the original manuscript before it was a book it's still on there so you can you can actually see all the things people yeah I was yeah and people like to bring it out from time to time (laughs) yeah I was so confused I was like none of those scenes happened and then I realized that she like put a disclaimer or someone else like commented or something and they were like this is not the finished version this is a comment on like the unedited manuscript and like all of these scenes have changed and none of them are problematic for any of the reasons that you're saying they are because like they're all completely different (laughs) yeah so I was actually really lucky like it was painful while it was happening because I mean like you know you spend so much time on this thing and people are just like ripping it to shreds Mm -hmm. Uh, but now that I've I've lived through it hindsight says it was a wonderful experience (laughs) I'm so glad that the book exists in its current state today and it's all because of of those readers there yeah that's a really different process than like what you'd go through going through like a traditional type of like publishing process because you don't get that community feedback right away um and especially on such like a an accessible level where they could just leave a comment. It's like, all right, I know you're reading this. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, especially because you mentioned that a lot of those readers were, were ace, like that's probably really helpful too. Cause I know a lot of authors would send and like pay sensitivity readers and like beta readers. And a lot of beta readers are also like other YA authors. So it was probably good overall in the long term that like those people were just like, Every day, just, like, ace people on the internet who were, like, reading the manuscript. 
Yeah, and I actually did both. So I, I oh. took all of the, you know, community readers um, feedback into account and, and made the changes I needed to. And then I still hired sensitivity readers who are familiar with YA in general, who were also who also identify on the spectrum to just kind of go over it again to see if I had missed anything that would be detrimental to Alice's story. Um, so I was as thorough as, as humanly possible. I just, I, I don't think it's possible to get it 100% right and perfect, but I was like at 99.8%, you know, I was right there. I, I, I did everything I possibly could uh, to make this book as, as good rep representative, or not representative, but representation wise. Yeah, I mean, like, going the extra mile. Dang. Yeah. The, the effort really shows. <laughs> it does. I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how was your experience, by the way, with uh, using sensitivity readers? Oh, it was it was great. By that point, I was just used to having my heart stomped on. So uh, I just <laughs> the first time you read it, you're a little defensive and you're like, OK, fine, I can I can deal with this. And then I just operate under the assumption that they are right. I am wrong. Um, so how can I fix this and still allow it to fit Alice's story? Yeah. God, I don't even know how I would deal with that. I design newspaper pages for a living. And like, even when someone comes up to me and tells me they don't like my design, I'm like, oh, good. I just died a little on the inside. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. So you don't like me as a person. I get this. <laughs> and that does happen. That's that's exactly it. But at the end of the day, it's the book is what matters. And yes. I had to put my feelings, my very hurt feelings <laughs> aside to say, okay, what's best for Alice? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like especially, like, not even just having an ace main character, but, like, having a black female ace main character who's also biromantic, like, if someone chooses something to, to really dig into, it would definitely detract from, like, Alice's story and just, like, telling her story. I just feel like that could have been really really annoying to have someone like choose something and cling on to it but honestly like I loved this book and I didn't see anyone on the internet like digging into one specific issue they were having with it I most of the reviews I saw were really positive and, and for the most part it, it has been I so I think what in my mind what's happening is everyone's just being really really nice because it just came out in about <laughs> six months that's when everyone's gonna let me have it oh no it's it's just all gonna go downhill, you know. But it's it's okay. Like I know I did uh, the best that I could do at that time, and I can only go forward and and grow. And um, I'm, I'm still writing, obviously, because that's yeah. my job now. Um, <laughs> and just apply what I learn forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really love also how the book, while Alice's asexuality is like a big part of like a lot of like the conflict drivers in the book it's not the only thing it's not like Alice is the asexual and she's like this is her entire identity like you know she's she's fighting with her friends like she's having issues with her family she's trying to figure out what she wants to do with her career like she's trying to find like confidence in her abilities and stuff um and I just I I also especially really loved the the friendships in the book and like how they're portrayed like they're very like physically affectionate but they're also really like fiercely loyal to each other um but like friends friends will fight sometimes and that happens uh and I was just I was just wondering uh like why did you want to portray Alice's friendships like this 
Well, it one, it fit the story, and two, they're kind of based on my own. Like I, I'm very careful about putting myself into my characters because they're their own people and they need to do that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to creating the the world that they live in and the people who they love that surround them, they most likely they it comes from it does come from me. So I've always had really strong friendships. Like in high school, we there were like maybe we had a cluster of twelve girls in like three in like four three people units so it was we all just sort of hung together and I've always had a really strong support system and I was like Alice is going to have that too mm-hmm. because yeah. she deserves it yeah Alice is like I think I referred to her in the budget as like a wonderful cinnamon roll that needs to be protected or something <laughs> <laughs> she really is I love the relationships that she has with them and like those types of like very close friendships. Cause I just, I feel like it really underscores the fact that like personal fulfillment doesn't just have to come from like a traditional relationship type of setting where it's like, this is my boyfriend. This is my girlfriend, you know, like very normative. Um, But that like those types of like friendships can be like just as fulfilling and are honestly, like, really necessary, too, for, like, I don't know, at least in my personal opinion, for, like, <laughs> sanity. Because <laughs> I know, like, I have, like, similar friendships and, like, they keep me, they keep me sane. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that just really, like, underscored, like, one of the main themes of the book being that, like, like, love doesn't always look how you think it's, like, going to look. Like, it looks different for everyone, but it's still, like, just as valid and just as fulfilling so can I say you just made my little heart happy like and I like, I always say I'm dead inside but like oh boy did it start beating really hard yeah <laughs> it's just, that that's that's exactly what I say whenever I talk about the book is just you know love is love and it doesn't always look the way you think it will and it won't appear the way you think it should but when it comes just be open to it and and that's it that's it yay yes <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm glad I hit the nail on the head with that because that was I thought that was just so beautiful um just seeing the way like she interacted with them and just like the support system that she had outside of her family like you know I was thinking like oh well you know this is this is some trouble she's in and you know but she'll be okay cuz like she has her friends to lean on like she has Takumi to lean on and like she just has like a lot of beautiful emotional support <laughs> and I love that it wasn't just like a book about like an ace girl who has friends and she realizes that like the true power of love was friendship all along and she doesn't need a significant other like no she still gets a significant other she still like gets that love feeling like she still can have a relationship but like also there's lots of different kinds of love and like they're all important and love is great yeah and that's that's pretty much Alice is Alice loves love like and she loves fiercely so she wants to have her platonic love and her familiar love and her romantic love she wants all of it she's very greedy about it so (laughs) like and that's just the kind of person that Alice is you know it's and this is definitely her book and I and I I I understand that you know with some ace narratives that is pushed you know that they only want platonic they don't want romantic love and that's a very valid way to to feel and exist. And that should absolutely be reflected in books. And so I just try, 
I, I make doubly sure to make it clear that this is just Alice's story. And Alice wants all the love. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> so even though, again, like, the book centers around, you know, more than just, like, Alice's sexual orientation, um, I feel like that's the part or, like, the little, like, characteristic of the book that, like, people who aren't familiar with those types of identities are, like, like they can learn more about, like, what asexuality is. So, like, what, what are you hoping readers who haven't encountered an identity like this take away from the book? Well, what I hope uh, is that they realize that it's a spectrum and this is just one story on that spectrum. Yeah. And the problem, this is the reason why, other reason why I wrote it in third person is because Alice is a very chaotic narrator. And I knew if she were to narrate, she would say, I am ace, hear me roar. This is it. No one else gets to say, this is how it is. And <laughs> I couldn't, I absolutely could not have that. So it, it was, it was important to, I didn't want to make the story didactic, so I had to just give those openings at certain junctures for people to realize there's still more to learn. There's still more stories to see and hear, um, and hopefully they will come soon. Um, but for now, enjoy your time with Alice. What do you What do you hope readers who do identify with Alice's orientation like? What do you hope they'll take away from it? That they are loved. Yeah. Very, very much. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Like, if if by no one else, at least by me. Like, <laughs> absolutely. This, this I, I wrote this book for them. And I, I hope it... Okay, I'm not going to cry, because that would be weird. But... <laughs> Emotions are valid and okay. <laughs> I know. I, like, feel your feels, but, like, not when you're recording. <laughs> Just, like, sniffling into the microphone, like... <laughs> yeah, I'm just, like, sobbing. It's awful. Like, I love you. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. This author loves you. I also really appreciated that, like, Alice is not, like, just ace, and it's not, like, assumed that just because she wants a romantic relationship, it would have to be, like, with a man. It's also, like, she's very obviously, like, biromantic... And it's, like, separate from her asexuality. Like, she's not bisexual and also, a, like, that doesn't, that's not how that works. It's, like, a separate thing, biromantic and asexual. And, like, I just really appreciated that, especially in the book with, like, the scenes with the therapist. It's, like, very obvious to a reader, even if they're not familiar with asexuality and, like, the difference between romance and sexuality. Like, they can learn something from this book. Yes, yes. So I know the the romantic sexual split is still pretty controversial, mm -hmm. but I think when when you are ace, like that, that's just how it is. Like I, I, I it's just really hard to hear that people don't actually believe in that in the way. And actually, because I know Alice, I know what she's going to be like when she's thirty, and she's actually going to be pan romantic. Like she's going to get to that point where it's just <laughs> love really is love, and mm -hmm. she just wants all of it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, there really isn't, there really aren't any barriers for her, uh, romantically speaking. Um, and the way, and actually the way she found out she was biromantic was because of Feeney. That's why their relationship is written the way it is, oh. is it, it, the line is very blurred. It's for a while that that line was, it could be romantic, but 
Feeney wants to be with Ryan. So Alice said, hey, I still love you. Be in my life. So. Spoilers. This is like not at all related to what we were just talking about. But did you have any say in the cover art? Because I'm like actually low-key obsessed with it. No, so uh, what Swoon Reads does is they post four to five concepts for the community to vote on. And honestly, that cover won in a landslide. Like, everybody wanted that one. It was so good. Like, I, I don't know if anyone else, because this is a podcast, so I can't, like, hold up a, an image of this. But it's basically, <laughs> let, me, let me come in here. So it's this, like, really beautiful cover with, like, a model on the cover, like, a dark-skinned woman who is, like, smiling really happily, and then let's talk about love in, like, purple script. And it's, like, you should look it up. I'm sorry, but it's just, it's an amazing cover. I love it so much. And I I do love the cover. My favorite part of the book, though, is the spine when you take off the dust jacket because Mm -hmm. there's a, there's an image there (laughs) on the spine that just, it's stamped in there, and it just felt really real and official once I saw that, like... My publisher really supported this book from beginning to end. It was just, I, I got really emotional. <laughs> That's awesome. I it's read great. the ebook version, so I can't, like, look at the spine of my book. But the spine of my book is the side of my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your future plans for writing? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm working uh, with Swoon Reads again uh, for my second book. No clue what's happening there. I am under quite a bit of pressure and the wheels are just spinning as time slips away from me <laughs> because the second <laughs> book slump is real. <laughs> Hashtag my life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> can, you, can you talk about what the book is going to be about? Uh, all I have, I have several drafts that my editor will never see. And I actually, we actually just have this conversation that, you know, you just, you can't see them yet. They're not good. <laughs> So, so far, the only thing that survived that conversation uh, is the main character's name is Sunny, because I love really cutesy names. Uh, And, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Sunny is going to have a summer again, and that's that's all I got so far. And then uh, for non-traditional publishing, so I actually do use Wattpad as well. Um, I post free stories there. Uh, so whatever's really weird, and I know publishers would just, like, side-eye it. I just put it on Wattpad and see what happens. Nice. Um, what are you writing on Wattpad right now? Well, at the, the my current book is called uh, Kingdom University. It just started, so there's not much I can say without revealing it, uh, all the plot twists that are going to be coming up. But it's mostly about a girl named Violet, again, because cutesy names, who goes to, who gets accepted to a prestigious college that takes place on an isolated island. Um, It's not what she thought it would be. Yeah, so just to, my pitch, because I always write pitches, so I'm always practicing for publishing, would be like the selection meets Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. With some Veronica Mars thrown in. (laughs) It's pretty weird, but I love it. So, yeah, that's pretty much, like, all we had to to specifically ask you about, like, yourself and let's talk about love. But I just want to close off by, by saying that I think the fact that let's talk about love was, like, about, like, a POC college-age woman, like, just going about her life. Like, she doesn't know exactly what she wants to do. She has to figure that out. She has to, like, go through friend drama, which, like, everyone has in college. 
She has to deal with her parents, which, like, everyone has to do in college. And, like, I just think that it was such a great, relatable book. And it, like, wasn't about the quintessential YA protagonist. And I think that it was wonderful. And we need more main characters like Alice. And you should just keep writing about her. Forever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much for your kind words. And I'm, um, I hope that this opens the door. I think everyone hopes when they write a book that it'll start a trend. I really want this to start a trend. Like, <laughs> we won't see that trend for probably about two years because publishing is slower than a dead snail. But yeah. it's, I hope, I hope a wave of new types of fiction for new characters does, comes out of this. Yeah, for sure. And I think we were talking on our last episode about how uh, the YA like publishing world uh, is kind of nice because younger people or people who tend to read YA generally want more diverse characters, especially recently, and like more diverse books. And YA kind of just has to listen to them. And I'm really excited to see in the next couple years like what the publishing world starts putting out. Me too. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be amazing. It better be amazing. <laughs> it better be. Well, thank you so much, Claire, for coming on and talking with us today. Thank you very much for having me. So uh, everyone should go check out Let's Talk About Love and also Claire's Wattpad because it sounds really interesting. And uh, in the meantime, we will uh, see you guys next time. Yep. See ya! Outro music goes here. Yeah. <laughs>